Welcome to At the Corner of Goff and Ellis, a podcast on the intersectionality of race and gender and its impact on young women of color. This show is hosted by me, Olivia Flores. Today, I am joined by Marcia Dos Santos, a Sacred Heart Cathedral graduate from the class of 2009. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, well, I guess we'll just hop right into it. Sounds um, good. Yeah. So first, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Marcia. I am 31 years old now. I am working full time and have been working full time pretty much since like high school, I feel. (laughs) But since I graduated (laughs) college, for sure. I went to Sacred Heart uh, Cathedral Prep in San Francisco for high school. And then I went straight into San Jose State university um did my four and a half years there graduated with my bachelor's and have been kind of in the workforce ever since um did some stints in some startups in san francisco and then kind of landed in um the headquarters for a retail company uh but have a big technology background so startups i feel is where my mm-hmm. um a lot of my experience came from okay um, how did you come to attend Sacred Heart Cathedral? I went to a middle school called Our Lady of the Visitation. It was actually a K through eight, but I started going there in fifth grade. So I graduated uh, from there in eighth grade. And I think that was really the reason why Sacred Heart mm-hmm. became a school of choice for me, because they um, were very close in relationships with sending students to Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if I never would have attended a, um, like a Catholic private school yeah. in the first place, I would have never known what Sacred Heart was, mm-hmm. uh, would have just went through the public school system. So I think it was like in our seventh grade year where you start thinking about where you want to go. And, you know, there was a few different schools that kind of everyone would talk about was St. Ignatius, Sacred Heart at the time, Mercy, um, and ICA, I think was the other one mm-hmm. for girls. And none of them really interested me except Sacred Heart. I shadowed all of them, um, like in the end of my seventh grade year or something like that. And Sacred Heart was the only one that called out to me. Um, I think it just felt like at home with the type of people that I encountered when I shadowed, um, you know, the teachers, the classes, it just felt more at home. So then that was a school I wanted to go to. And thankfully I got in and that worked (laughs) out because I really don't know I didn't really have a second choice. I was mm-hmm. just like, uh, I'm going to go here. <laughs> so what was your time like there? Like, what was your four years like? Yeah. From what I can remember, I feel like it's been a very long time since I graduated. But from what I can remember, I just loved it. Um, I loved going to school. I was always kind of, school kind of came easy to me. Like, I didn't have to to try too hard to kind of get, like, good grades. Mm-hmm. Um So if I just, you know, tried a little bit, I'd be good. And I kind of enjoyed school overall. So Mm -hmm. I liked the classes, although some were hard. um, It still pushed me and I did okay. And I just liked the environment. Like, I like that we had to cross the street, you know, to get (laughs) to another campus. Like, it just gave you a feel of a little bit of what college would be because you got to walk a lot. college. And I love the diversity. I think that was a big uh, Mm -hmm. thing for me because coming from the middle school I came from, it was very diverse as well, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was in a, um, like very urban, like minority type of part of the city where I came from. So that was important to me. I didn't want to go to a school where it wasn't like, 
a lot of Latinos and it was just, you know, mm-hmm. um, majority of one thing, but at Sacred Heart, it really felt like it was a good mix of, of course there was more of one thing than the other, but it didn't feel like that to me yeah. because I found my group. Mm-hmm. Were you involved in any extracurriculars, clubs, things like that? Yeah, I was part of uh, like the Polynesian, I don't know what it's called, but the Polynesian Dance Club my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then the other years I was part of the step team. I don't know if that's what it's still called, but maybe the dance team, whatever yeah. it's called nowadays. So I was part of the step team. Um, I think those were the main things I was part of. I can't remember. Like, I don't think I was part of anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was just those. How have you been able to stay connected to SHC after you graduated? So we've had a few um, uh, people in my husband's family. He has a big family, um, like cousins or people he knows who've attended. Um, So it's really cool because they always (laughs) kind of look up, you know, they know we attended and they just always talk about it. It's like, oh, because you guys went there, I thought about going there. Yeah. So I feel it feels really fulfilling when that happens. And even now he has little cousins who... um, are going to high school soon mm-hmm. or in eighth grade or freshmen and think, talk about Sacred Heart. So they kind of always look up to us and ask us, um, backstory. My husband also went <laughs> to Sacred Heart. That's where we met. So this is why, uh, he's a part of the puzzle here too. But, um, yeah, they, you know, they always ask us and I feel so connected to the school, even though I don't go there anymore, or, you know, I haven't been the type of alum that attends alum events or things like that. I still feel connected that I can tell them and give them tips and talk about my experiences there. Um, And of course, you know, attending a few games, football games or basketball games here or there, that's always fun. (laughs) Going back to your four-year experience, um, did you feel that your gender impacted that? I don't remember any point in time where my gender made me feel like um an outsider at all Mm -hmm. so for me personally no I don't think um nobody made me feel that because um I identified as a woman um I was treated any differently at my time there Mm -hmm. um what about your ethnicity now that Sometimes I do now that I like when I was thinking about this, look back at it. Um, and I feel like there were um, I can't remember like the exact scenarios, but I just know like I can feel moments that were sometimes it would feel a little be a little bit odd because we were minorities. You know, Latinos are minorities mm-hmm. um, still within that school. So I feel like that being Latina definitely did have an impact. Yeah. Did you feel that other aspects of your identity played a greater role in shaping your high school experience? Um, I feel like when I look back at it, it was like, you know, you think you know everything back at that time, but you really don't. <laughs> and now that I'm older, I just sit here and think, I'm like, oh, my God, what's I thinking? I didn't know anything. <laughs> but I think so. I came from. um I'm first generation here in America. So we migrated from Brazil when I was uh, six and a half, almost seven years old. So I think that's always been a big part of my identity Mm -hmm. that's followed me through all my paths in life. And I think it was very important for me to bring that when I attended Sacred Heart because it pushed me, you know, um, to be able to even attend Sacred Heart um, without having to pay full tuition was just like, I can't let that slide you know I have to make the best of it and I just always carry that and I feel like that pushed me to Mm -hmm. work harder 
Yeah. Do you remember any teachers um, during your time at SHC um, addressing, like talking about issues about race, ethnicity, or gender, or anything like that? So there, I can't remember her name, but she was the sweetest lady. Um, maybe Miss Lorenz is her name. I don't know, but she did like the spiritual class, Yeah, some sort yeah. of spiritual class. And she was just awesome. And she would touch notes about things like that. Um, and then also, of course, all our counselors. So a wonderful woman named Mrs. Flores. Uh, <laughs> she was a great person to have these conversations with. Um You know, I didn't, she didn't like teach a class, but I, anytime I would talk to her, it just felt like a safe place to have those weird conversations. And there's one moment specifically, I remember, uh, we went on a college trip in, to Oregon. It was myself and like five other people, Mrs. Flores. And I forgot the other teachers or the other counselor's name, maybe Mr. Lynn or something like that. But, uh, there was a moment where, you know, they were asking about out of state tuition and things like that. So Um, that's when I looked at Ms. Flores and I said, I don't, I'm not allowed to get, you know, help because at that time I was considered an illegal alien, as you'd call it. I didn't have any papers. Um, I was not a permanent resident. And I just remember, you know, her looking at me and saying like, no, we can figure it out. So it was just like that reassurance of like, just because I'm from somewhere else and everyone in that room was from somewhere else, but I specifically like felt like I didn't belong because I didn't have that paperwork, you know, to say I I'm allowed to be here in America. Um, so she made it okay to talk about that in front of other people instead of like being a secret because my whole life, it was like a secret, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk about it because someone can, I don't know, come after me or whatever. It was just like the scary secret. And with her, I finally opened up and talked about it. And she like, reassured me that there was options and things like that so Do you remember, um, like right now we have like the BLM movement was really big the past couple of years, um, stopping Asian hate with the, with everything that came with the pandemic. Um, do you remember any like significant social upheavals, um, movements, things that made the news um, that happened at the, your time in high school? so I What I do remember is a very historic moment was the first African-American president, uh, Obama, in 2009. It was right the year we were graduating. So that was pretty huge. And I remember there was a whole assembly and we watched his um, inauguration Mm-hmm. like in the, the gym. So that was really cool. And I have a, I re sort of remember around the same time. Um, it wasn't until a few years later where it became a big movement, but it was about the Dream Act. Um, there was a lot of things circulating that because at that time, so before we graduated, like around 2008 was when I was really looking into that because I didn't know what other option I'd have, you know, to attend college if there was no Dream Act. So I do remember that. Um, and then I know a few years after that, it became like a bigger thing while I was in college. I remember um, a lot of people talking about it. Was SHC able to help you process any of that information in any way? Um, I think my counselors, including Mrs. Flores um, and one other counselor we had definitely helped me process that and just kind of navigate what my options were. Um, and then luckily, I would say luckily, because it, it definitely was a big life-changing moment right before I graduated the year I graduated I was able to become a permanent resident Mm -hmm. so that kind of like opened up a lot of doors for me that probably wouldn't have been open before um and 
sharing bad news, you know, with my counselors, um, and they were able to kind of help me Mm -hmm. with what the next steps were. So yeah, I do think um, it definitely helped. And I felt I felt like it was, I had people safe people I can go to. Um, Looking back, do you think that your high school experience played a role in what you're currently doing for a living? Um, I don't think what I'm doing like today, like the job I have today, but I think the paths I've taken since yes, a hundred percent, because, um, I don't think I would have gone to college if I didn't attend Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like, you know, the start of your adulthood is what well, for me was attending college. So I may have gone, but I don't know. It was just a big push. So I think that started off. And then from college, it opened up a lot of doors, you know, to work at a lot of the startups I did in San Francisco. Um, so I think that all had an impact on it. Uh, even though I'm not working at like at a startup now, I think Sacred Heart definitely helped shape and guide me to the direction I kind of wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, while on that path, what were some of the challenges you faced as a woman of color? Yeah. So let me tell you the tech world, uh, <laughs> it is filled with a lot of uh, how would I say it? Um, white people. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I'm not, not trying to be rude, but it really is. And as much as you know, companies try to be diverse. You kind of you can feel it, like when you are the person that is mm-hmm. the diverse. <laughs> you yeah. feel like okay, well, mm, it kind of feels like I'm just here because it's like a diversity stunt, or like my friend he next to me here is you know African American, but he's the only African American mm-hmm. in this company of 2000 people. So being a woman of color, I think also being just a woman in general, um, it's hard when it does feel like a man's world a lot of the time in certain companies, uh, especially in the tech startup field, because it feels like you don't have a voice sometimes and you have to fight for that voice. Whereas, you know, males, um, particularly white males have that voice just Mm -hmm from the first day so I always felt like I had to fight and kind of prove myself um because I was Latina because I was a woman because I was young too um Mm -hmm. because I didn't you know go to like a like a Ivy League school I went to a great school but you know it's not very well known like some others so definitely had its challenges and moments where you just don't feel like you fit in but you kind of just got to keep fighting to make yourself seen Mm -hmm. what have been some of the benefits that you've been able to um, witness yeah so I think it it makes you uh, more tough so I don't crack under pressure easily in life or professionally or personally Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm dealing with a lot of things even though it may be overwhelming I can take a step back and like just look at each thing one at a time and process it and come up with a plan you know to figure it out. So I think being thrown into situations where you're constantly challenged or you don't feel like you fit in or you feel like you have to prove yourself just makes you um, work harder naturally. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I like things just come a little bit easier to me when I'm working just because of the way I work. You know, I don't even if I wait till the last second (laughs) to get something done, I just get it done. Like I just have Mm -hmm. this get it done um, personality. Um, so I think those challenges really helped me, my mindset to get there. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give young women of color at SHC today? 
to um, never back down from what you believe in, even if it's not right. But if it's something you're passionate about and you truly believe in it, um, you know, back it up, find your resources, find your truth and just go full force with it. Don't let anyone silence you. And what do you think SHC can do to affirm and support young women of color? I think giving them a space, I don't know what the clubs are like nowadays, but giving them a safe space to speak um, their opinions and their facts and any, you know, a place where you can talk about things like being an immigrant, because that's, there's such a stigma around that word and people who are immigrants and who aren't legal specifically, we don't talk about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's the secret. It's like, uh, you don't talk about Bruno <laughs> and you don't talk about being an illegal immigrant. <laughs> so um, I think giving that space, mm-hmm. teaching people about that, especially in the Latino community, because mm-hmm. that is the majority, you know, but maybe having a club or some sort of um, something where there's a space so people can learn about mm-hmm options that there are even if they're not immigrants you know maybe they have family who are or maybe Mm -hmm. they have friends who are um so just be knowledgeable because all of my friends are very clueless about that because it's Mm -hmm. not anything they've ever had to go through so for me that was always a hard topic Hmm. yeah um well one of my favorite quotes is by supreme court justice sonia sotomayor um and she said i think it's important to move people beyond just dreaming into doing um, they have to be able to see that you are just like them and you made it. So um, and kind of in the theme of this quote, were there any teachers of color during your time at SHC? Oh, I wish I remembered people's names. I feel, It's been so long. But um, well, my dance teacher obviously absolutely adored him. And I feel he was very um, uh, looked down upon by a lot of people because one, he was a, a teacher. He was a dance teacher, but mm-hmm. he was of color and he was also um gay so mm-hmm. obviously that's a stigma too you know um he was a big influence on me mrs flores was a big influence um mr don't know his last name but his first name was on who was also part of the puro mm-hmm. counselor program um he was a man of color and he was also an influence um there was a few math teachers who were of asian american descent mm-hmm. um and they were always more relatable mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed them too. And there was one funny math teacher. I think he was from Barbados. I just remember him being from the same place Rihanna is from because he would always bring it up. Like, oh, <laughs> from, you know, this place where Rihanna was born. <laughs> so funny. he was just, um, he was great. He, uh, Those are just a few of the people that I remember. Um, were any of the adults you just mentioned people you looked up to? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think still today in my life, Mrs. Flores is someone I look up to, her family, her children, her husband, everything about that family is amazing. (laughs) Um, And my dance teacher back then, because he was young um, back then. And it was just to see kind of everything he had to go through to Mm -hmm. make it, you know, just because he was African-American and gay at that, like, it was a little bit harder for him Mm -hmm. to just get the position and work with teenagers, you know, people kind of looked like, Oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I always looked up to him too. He was just always a positive vibe. Yeah. And kind of in further reflection on that quote, um, kind of the big question, I guess, um, is do you think representation matters? Absolutely. I think it matters in all walks, all paths of life. 
um, if there is no representation, then you just feel like an outsider constantly. Mm -hmm. So I think representation in media, movies, books, um, toys, all of that matters, especially Mm -hmm. for young people at their schools, the place they're at, you know, almost all day. Mm -hmm. So I'm Latina, but I'm from Brazil. And you don't just meet a lot of Brazilian people, you know, Mm -hmm. in when you're going to school as a kid, you meet a lot of, you know, Mexicans, Salvadorians, um, Puerto Ricans, but I've never met another Brazilian, like in my middle school, in my high school. So for me, even though it's like, okay, I have the Latina crowd, I never had like the Brazilian, you know, crowd. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that was always missing. But every time I came home, my parents would speak to me in our native language, Portuguese. Mm -hmm. We would have the Brazilian, you know, novellas up uh, on TV and Portuguese. So that was representation for me. So even though I couldn't Mm -hmm. get it, you know, in school, mm-hmm. um, I was able to come home and see that. And I think that's how I really learned my culture because I've been here since I was six. And I feel like I would have lost a lot of my culture if I didn't get that representation via um, novellas or TV shows or music that my parents kept playing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so for the last portion of this interview, um, I kind of want to move into um, a speed round, if you will. Sure. Um, so these are kind of like more fun questions, I guess, just quick little answers. Um, okay. so my first one is who was your favorite teacher at SHC? Um, uh, Miss, Lo- I don't know if that's her name, Miss Lorenz. I, yes, for some reason, there, I think yes. that's her name. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your favorite class? Uh, math, <laughs> <laughs> algebra. <laughs> um, what was your favorite memory from SHC? Oh, um, prom. <laughs> Do you have a favorite SHC tradition? Br- the Bruce Mahoney football games. <laughs> um, and lastly, what book do you recommend all SHC students read? I really liked, the, I don't know the names of things, I forget them, but it's the one that's kind of like the Hunger Games, but not the Hunger Games, where <laughs> the little kids are like in the jungle and they have to clean for themselves. I don't remember what it's called, but it's a really popular one. And I'm pretty sure they read it already it's not okay. catch the eye it's a different one <laughs> okay well I'll have to do a little bit more research on that and figure out yeah I can't remember it what it's, it's been a long time <laughs> thanks again to Marcia for joining me today and thank you to the listeners for checking out my podcast I will see you in the next one